This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. Here we go. My guest today is Kimberly Best. Kimberly is a Tennessee Rule 31 listed civil and trained family mediator Kim's practice focuses on family mediation, health and elder care mediation, civil and business mediation, and conflict coaching in Franklin, Tennessee. And boy, could we be using some conflict coaching these days. (laughs) Yeah, there's just a little bit of that floating around, isn't there? (laughs) Just a little bit. That's right. Thanks so much for being here today, Kimberly. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Diane. I am thrilled to have you here and and because this is just such a, a hot topic. And but but I want to start really with just a little bit of foundation. So what is mediation when it comes to a business environment? Oh my goodness, what a fantastic question. So it's the best kept secret for one, but it's utilizing a third party neutral that is trained in conflict. Um, and we say neutral or impartial, but I like to say omnipartial, meaning it's not in the dictionary, but one of the best mediators in the world taught me that term, and I live by that. I am for both sides, both people, all sides, all people. So advocating for all. It's not about blame. We're not looking for who's right and wrong. I have a long, long thoughts on that, but looking for solutions. And everyone has a voice. The process is confidential. So that allows for complete openness and transparency. Um, Nothing said in mediation can be used outside of mediation, including if for some reason litigation is pending. But it gives people an opportunity to speak, to listen, and to build the future that they want in whatever problem or relationship area that is. So I really appreciate that. And it feels to me, so I'm I'm curious, but it feels to me like in order for it to work, both parties have to be totally on board. Is that fair? That makes the process um, accelerated. It certainly helps, but it doesn't always start that way. So um, you can have somebody reluctant. Of course, it's completely voluntary, Um, but somebody, usually one or both sides is a little you know, where, what animal are we getting into here because we've never done this before? And, you know, it's about trust building first. 
And once the process starts, um, people lean into it. I mean, you just realize it's a safe space and, um, you know, goal directed and you're truly being heard. And no matter how reluctant starting off, I can't think of one time I've had anyone stop the process. Wow, really? Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So there's always some type of transformation. I mean, you, we usually go into a conflict pretty sure of what we want, and so does the other person. So at that point, there's usually two choices. We can do it your way or we can do it my way. <laughs> and mediation is about drawing a line between those two choices and maybe extending that line and anything else on there because there's always more than two choices. But in our conflict, it's hard to see how many options we have. It's hard to open to options. And a medi- mediation allows for that to happen. Oh, wow. I love that. I always say most things are not a binary choice and we need to get away from thinking it's one or the other. It's true. So True and um, wise, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if people will listen to it. Uh, so if someone's listening, and they're uh, thinking about, okay, well, you know, there, there's some conflict going on in, in my workplace. What are some tools that they can use when they're actually faced with some sort of workplace conflict? So a mediator's favorite two words are, it depends. <laughs> and it certainly depends on the situation. But I think one of the easiest things to do, William Urey wrote, Getting to Yes, And he says in there that we have to separate the people from the problem. Mm -hmm. So normally when we have a problem with a person, that person becomes the problem. You know, Alice is a problem. She never does this and this. And we can't solve for people. But if we identify what the problem is, I don't like how Alice speaks to me or whatever the problem is, we can solve for the problem. So even in this politically charged, very um, binary uh, space and time that we are right now, if if you don't identify the whole person as the problem, if you don't identify them by their whole label that's a part of them, then we can see the rest of them. So while we want to be against somebody maybe who is politically different than we are, um, we have a lot more in common than that. We are parents, we are siblings, we are children. So if we stop labeling people by one part of them, then we can begin to see the whole of them and see that there's, even ourselves, there's more than one part of us. So so it's looking for commonalities. As it's looking for commonalities. It's hearing. I say, listen for what's right. Uh-huh. Very often when we're disagreeing with someone, uh, we're, we're planning our next rebuttal and instead of listening. And it's a yeah, but. Um, so we're listening to argue. We're listening to dispute them. And, you know, one thing, one trick that I learned decades ago from a dear friend of mine, she said, and when I argue with my husband and you can put coworker, you can put anybody in there you want. She said, I always win because I'm better at words. I'm more assertive. She said, but for me to win, I have to make him lose. And I want to love enough that I don't make someone lose. So in an argument to recognize that we're we're fighting to be right or we're fighting to win and for us to be right, we have to make someone wrong. For us to win, we have to make someone lose. And nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Yeah. So 
another thing William Murray says is about creating win-wins. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm against you. It means I'm me. So that feeling of someone disagreeing because we think that that means they're against us, that's that's our biology talking, but it, it doesn't mean that. So stopping to think about what's really going on. And I suspect, Diane, you've talked a lot about slowing down the process a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I call it slowing down to speed up, right? That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you have to, you have to really just stop from where you are. And for me, take like a giant step back and try and look at the landscape through a different window, you know, through a different lens so that you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we do, we get so stuck. So um, I, I'm curious about your viewpoint on like how conflict actually happens in the workplace. What, what is going on there? Is it competition? Is it insecurities? What What's happening? Well, the interesting thing is I think uh, there's there's never just one thing. So sometimes we're trying to solve for one thing and it's often kind of a perfect storm of things. Hmm. But I think the biggest driver of conflict is the story we tell ourselves. And most people are familiar with Brene Brown. I love what she uses in the story I tell myself. So in the absence of facts, we make up a story. You were late because you don't care about your work. You're late because you don't disrespect me. I mean, we make up a reason. We make up uh, the person didn't smile at me because they're mad at me. I mean, we make up a story. And whether the story is true or not, we hold on to it like it's true. So um, asking questions to clarify even the story I'm telling myself. And I'd love to use, if I find myself making up a story, um, First of all, I recognize that probably what's going on is not what I'm thinking because there's infinite possibilities of what's motivating the other person. But to be brave enough to ask, and I use this, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that you didn't sit with me at lunch because because I stepped on your toes somehow. And I use the word stepping on your toes because it's it's just gentler than a lot of terms that we use um, Mm. when when we have offended people or they've offended us. And then to, you know, walk through that conversation. Usually people will say, no, that's not why I did it. I'm actually, you know, dieting and I'm embarrassed to see that, it, you know, that, that I'm not eating much or whatever the reason is. And I made it so bizarre because it's usually something that never occurred to us. Right. I also think, Diane, one of the things with uh, businesses, and I, I know you've encountered this, I go in with groups of people who've worked together for years. Yeah. And they don't know each other at all. And one perfect story that I have is I worked with an organization that had worked together for years and each each employee had a problem with the ones they had problems with. And they were things like so and so is always on Facebook on their phone. That was the story a group of people said about someone. Well, when we had an opportunity to talk about what's really going on, in fact, this person who was on the phone had a dad who was in the hospital getting a leg amputated Mm. and was checking on that all the time. Can you imagine the horror of the people who decided that she was just on her phone on Facebook to find out the truth and how wrong they are? So um, checking ourselves for what we're making up is so important. And we just, we don't do that enough. No kidding. Wow. And, and I, I so enjoy that because 
it's so true that like when I teach people about sales and I say, you're going to come up with all sorts of reasons why you're not hearing back from someone and you're going to be wrong. So let it go. Don't assume, ask, find out because whatever you're going to cook up in your head is really going to have to do with you. And that's probably, probably has nothing to do with you because we do that, right? Where, where it's always, we must've done something or they don't like us. Something about us when most of the time it's not that at all. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in agreement on that for sure. It's, a you know, to quote William Urey one more time, because he's just fitting well into this conversation. Um, he says, the most difficult person in any conflict is the one in the mirror. So wow. before we point the finger at the person across from us, like we have to look in the mirror. What am I doing? Because you can, we can barely control ourselves, right? But we definitely can't another person. And we tend to spend so much time trying to get someone else to be different when what's going on is inside of us. Right. Right. That's right. And um, what what was it I was saying the other day to somebody about, um, oh, I know it was, I was in a board meeting. Uh, assume the best instead of assuming the worst because that's what we do as humans. We automatically go to the worst, but turn it around and assume the best. I'll bet that would have a a big impact on workplace conflict. That is definitely a good tool, a good, uh, yeah, give the benefit of the doubt is another way of saying that. Yeah, no, that's definitely a helpful tool as well. Yeah, if, if people can do it. Right. It takes practice. So yeah. it does. Um, the and, and when I heard you say that, the one thing I was thinking about is, you know, you're talking about this, how, how kind of hard we are on ourselves and other people. And I am um, I learned at one point, I can't remember what book right now, but the, the, the point was to talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend. Hmm. I mean, if we, it, it, you know, it just comes down to respect in a yeah. lot of ways, because if we could talk to other people the way we would talk to, um, you know, a neighbor or somebody we respect and care about, if we could make a practice of that, I think we would find our conflicts would change. It's it's us. It's our mirror. It's how we show up. It's who we are. Those are the things that not that everybody's going to like you, because I always say there will always be haters and that's OK. It's just OK. Uh, but but the but to to be committed to, um, you know, what kind of experience am I committed to causing in another person, my interaction with this other person? What do I want that to be like? And be purposeful and in, intentional on how we interact with other people. And I think we might find a lot of times we'll get a better um, response than, than we would have thought just going on in randomly. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.
Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. So what would you say to someone who I'm going to, I'm going to do something sort of situational. There's uh, two employees, you know, they're, they're working together. One of them um, consistently just wants to engage in conversation where the other one really needs to focus and concentrate. And the one who needs to focus and concentrate has tried several different ways of sharing with the first person that this isn't working for them, but the mm-hmm. first person doesn't seem to care. Just say, you know, pretty much says, you know, good for you. And I'm going to continue to talk. How can someone, cause we can't affect other people, you know, changing other people. I, I get that, but are there certain I don't know, communication tools or skills that someone can um, adopt that can help them in a situation where uh, outside of mediation, because this is feeling like something that could really use mediation. Mm -hmm. That's Um, exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Well, there's mediation. Because (laughs) the beauty about mediation is... um, you get to have a, I always have a conversation with each person separately. What's going on with you? What's driving this? Because it's never the action itself. There's always an underlying interest or need. Mm. And I can find that out speaking to them separately. You probably couldn't if it's somebody you work with. I mean, I can imagine going, you know, I hear you always wanting to talk and I'm not sure you've heard me say that I really need to focus and concentrate tell me what your need is under that. Like that's, that's just probably not going to happen. I mean, it's beautiful, but it probably wouldn't, wouldn't happen. There is some, something called nonviolent communication that a lot of people have heard. When you do this, I feel this. So when you're talking all the time while I'm focusing, I feel disrespected. I feel rushed. I feel pressured, whatever it is. Um, You know, those are the kind of conversations that people can relate to. But again, it's a practice you have to learn. It's not what yeah. we naturally do. We naturally, I, I found by far most people are avoidant. Um, and then we harbor all this resentment because, geez, I told you once. Um, really bad news, we usually do have to tell people more than once. Yeah. And sometimes many times. Um, and, uh, you know, having a, a side conversation is like, you know, I feel like I've asked for this a couple times. And always a positive. I appreciate that you're trying to be friends. I do like to hear you when you talk about blah, blah, blah. But when when I'm working, I really need to have some focus time. You know, the compromise in mediation is, is there any any desire to have space outside of this time for conversation? You know, there. what right. other options do we have besides me enduring you? <laughs> and Diane, your scenario was beautiful because I think it's true for a lot of people. They're enduring something that they yeah. don't like and resenting that at the same time because we don't have the tools to ask for something differently. Or we feel like we've communicated, but if 
if communication is both saying and receiving it. So if you're saying it, it's not being received. Is there another way to say it? Right. Yeah. And so then you just feel like helpless. Right. And, And sometimes I think, especially if it's a conflict between someone who's been, if, if the, um, I'll call him the bad actor, just for lack of a better term, has been working there a long time and the person with the need is newer, then you have a bit of a hierarchy issue. Yeah. This stuff isn't easy because it's it's not easy for this very simple reason. Most of us haven't learned how to do this yeah. better. Yeah. So it is a practice thing. It does work. I know, Diane, you know, in a lot of ways, our work is similar. I know that you believe in the process of your work or you wouldn't do it. Finding these new ways works, but we have to learn them and practice them. And like every new skill, they're a little bit awkward in the beginning, which is why it's nice to have a coach or a mediator or somebody who's helping you take those steps, who's validating, who's helping you hone them more. I've been in this business a while, and I i mean, I have a book sitting right beside me called High Conflict by Amanda Ripley, which is a beautiful book. I'm always still learning and um, reading more because there's an infinite, an infinite number of tools as well. And when, when people engage in, in mediation at, at work, does it also include um, providing them with some of those communication skills moving forward? So it's not just about resolving whatever the current conflict is, but does it include, you know, moving forward, how they can be communicating with each other in a more productive way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say in any agreement we have, and always, this is important, things work until they don't. And the failure of them to work anymore isn't a failure of the people. A lot of times it's just something new needs to be learned. So even in a mediated agreement, if we're going to come to agreement on how we're going to interact and talk or whatever our agreement is, I say, look, this will work. And then something will come in that'll make it go sideways again. That's okay. That's normal. So I think the big thing, Diane, is uh, conflict is normal. We will step on each other's toes when we're in a relationship. I'll step on yours and you'll step on mine. It is life. And the expectation that we're never supposed to do that is a bar too high. It's just too high because we're humans. Yeah. 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 That's great. Uh, it, it's so true that that conflict exists. It's really, you know, just part of the part of It the means process. there's a problem to solve, period. Yeah. And there's a problem to solve. And there's going to be problems popping up. Could mean I'm just having a bad day. It, you said something earlier that's so true. Very often, very often when someone reacts to us, it has nothing to do with us. <laughs> it's in triggers, which are always something from our past that Amen. the present feels like the past. So we don't know that. So we feel like because it feels like it's directed at us. But the day that I look in the mirror myself and say, okay, you said this was my fault or this was me your reaction held up a mirror. I look in that mirror and say, yeah, I don't own that. You do. I mean, you have to be super honest, right? Because reactions, yeah, um, are about the past. So again, this goes back to how we can be conscious and aware of what we're doing. And we don't have to take on somebody else's stuff. We don't have to absorb it. 
if it's not us. We can, you know, calmly right. say, this is so freeing, calmly saying, yeah, I get a piece of that, but most of that is yours. And right. I don't have to do anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so much better. Wow. Very Kimberly, freeing. I love this. I, I love this conversation. <laughs> So important. I appreciate you spending this time with us. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you, please? Sure. Um, Best Conflict Solutions. And if you Google Kimberly Best or Best Conflict Solutions, you'll find me. My email is kim at bestconflictsolutions.com. I'm happy to answer um, any questions. So if you have any questions or um, just want to chat, just uh, give me a reach out and I'll definitely respond. That's terrific. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.